0: This is Pastor Shane Jackson coming to you live from a study here at the house. And uh, we're now today on this Wednesday night on the sixth study of the book of Galatians. We have looked by the help of God uh, at a chapter each night that we've studied. Tonight's going to be a little bit different in the fact that we'll have to split up the last chapter, chapter six. And do two different studies. Tonight we'll do the introduction part. Which will be Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. Let's read our Bible together, if you will. Grab your Bible. I'll read the text and pray, and then we'll try our best to share with you what the Lord's laid on our heart. Galatians chapter number 6, verses 1 through 4, and part 1 of the last chapter in our study in the book of Galatians. Notice what the Bible says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to bow our head. Pray, Lord, that you may anoint us and empower us, help us to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost and how to be able to do this Bible study as we continue our study in the book of Galatians, this great book, this epistle of Paul written to that local church of Galatia. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us and enable us, call to remembrance. Lord, everything that you'd have us to preach and, and teach. And then, Lord, we pray uh, that it be driven home into the Hearts and the lives of your children. I pray, God, that it would live on in souls that are lost. I might hear it uh, down the road, maybe even today, and be saved. And, hey, Lord, whatever goes on today, we'll have to give you the glory, because we know that in myself, I am nothing. I'm nothing, and need you, Lord, to do everything. Preach through us and the power of the Holy Ghost. It'll be the only way. We pray that the touch of heaven will be upon the very recorded, because I know that unless the touch of heaven is upon the word said. And Lord, as we listen upon the ears that receive it, uh, Lord, there'll be nothing done eternally. In fact, we'll be going backwards. So we need your help, Lord, uh, to take a stand and move forward. We pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. I- I'm interested tonight, as we begin to look at this last chapter, I'd like to call this last chapter the fruits of the gospel. That may seem... Uh, A little uh, that may seem a little peculiar, because in chapter five we are dealing with those fruits, those various fruits of the, or works of the flesh, or the fruits of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. But in chapter number six, I believe we're we're seeing wrapping everything up in chapter number six. And by way of introduction to the chapter, he gives us this, he gives us this platform to stand on. He gives us these foundational truths to be fruitful and let the fruits of the gospel be manifested in a local church and be manifested in a church family or an individual Christian. And so the, the two part message that we'll begin tonight, we'll look at the first four verses. Notice the Bible says in Galatians chapter six, verse one, brethren. The word brethren means children of the same womb. We've been born of the same spirit. We've been born again. It even addresses itself. He says, brethren, if any man Be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. He starts out in chapter one using the word brethren, those in the family of God. We use Christian language when we talk to one another, brother, uh, Tony, sister, uh, Connie, Miss Michelle. We use this Christian uh, vernacular. And and so when we think about this word brethren, we belong to the same family. We've been born of the same spirit. Uh, But he's looking at the crowd that saved. And uh, he's addressing the crowd that's saved, and yet he brings it down even nearer and says, ye which are spiritual. The end result of the gospel is a mature Christian. Uh, You'll remember in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1, Paul tells uh, tells the believers there, uh, Jewish believers, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on under perfection. Let us be more like Christ. Let us become mature. And not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Amen. Amen. Uh, Faith toward God. In other words, there needs to be a maturing process. Uh, And so he's talking in in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1 to the local church, to believers, to Christians. But he's then speaking even closer. He's talking to spiritual people. Because to be fruitful or to have the gospel fruits manifested in a local church or in your life, it's not just enough to be saved, you must be spiritual. There's three key words in chapter 6 and verse 1 that that made me realize that we need to do an introductory uh, portion of, of chapter 6 And then a second part of a message in chapter 6. There's three words. Notice that word spiritual. He's talking to spiritual people. What is a spiritual Christian? Many people think that they are the judges as to what a spiritual person is in his life. Have you ever heard this statement? Boy, they ain't real spiritual. Or, Or maybe you heard this. He sure is. They sure are spiritual. Well, the Bible is the authority on what is spiritual. Amen. And in our opinion, don't match, don't matter much if it does not line up to the light of the Bible. So what is a spiritual Christian? Because in chapter six, he said, brethren, that's everybody that's saved. Them that are overtaken in the fault, them that's found themselves in the mess, them that's overtaken in the sin, them that's in the mud hole in their life right now. Ye which are spiritual, that click, that crowd of spiritual people. He said, what, so what makes a spiritual person? Well, we know this. They've got to have a spiritual birth. According to John chapter number three, verse five through seven, it's not enough to be religious. Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Hey, there's many people that act spiritual because they have, hey, because they have never been born of the spirit of God. They say things like, I can't live it. And man, are they right? Because you have to have the liver. The capital L, the liver, of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Before you could ever live it, you must be born again. There must be a spiritual birth if if you're going to be spiritual. But not just that. Hey, that makes us a brethren too. I, you have to believe a spiritual book. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 that the Spirit of God is the one that inspired the Bible so you can't be a spiritual Christian and deny the Bible or the book of the Spirit. Somebody ought to say amen right there. If you're going to be a spiritual being, a spiritual Christian, Hey, I'm not just talking about church member. I'm not talking about somebody just got your name in the Lamb's book of life friend. Hey neighbor, I'm talking about, are you spiritual? Have, have you had that spiritual birth? But more than that, are you, do you believe the Bible? Amen. But not just that. Hey, to be a spiritual Christian, hey, hey you gotta obey the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost beseeching you. Romans chapter twelve verse one and two. Y'all know what the scripture says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, be be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, prove to who? That the Lord already knows it. Prove to who? Hey, prove that you may prove, prove to this world. Uh, what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. G-A-P. He needs you as Christians to be spiritual. Hey, listen to the beseeching of the Spirit of God through the man of God preaching. Paul said, when I preached to you down at the church of Thessalonica, you did not receive my words as the words of man, but you received it as the words of God. And he commended them uh, for listening to the Spirit of God, beseeching them through the preaching. Thank God a spiritual person has a spiritual birth. They believe a spiritual book. They listen to the Spirit's beseeching. Amen. And then they walk in the Spirit's behavior. Hey, you know what the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 6, 17? Hey, come out from among them. Be separate. Say, the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you. Amen. You shall be my sons and daughters. He said, I'll be to you a father, and you shall be my my sons and daughters, I'm gonna tell you if you want to be spiritual, a spiritual Christian, not just one of the brothers. Hey, he's talking not just brethren, but ye which are spiritual. Oh, can you see why we need to break it up into messages? Oh, listen to me, hey, listen, I, listen to me when I say tonight. It's not just enough uh, to have you a ticket punch that you're going to heaven. Thank God, Hallelujah. Hey, but you ought to be spiritual and that you've had a spiritual birth, you believe the spiritual birth, you you listen, thank God to the Holy Ghost beseeching you, and you walk in a spiritual behavior. Isn't that what chapter 5 was all about? Walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the desires of the flesh? You are to behave according to what controls you. Amen. Or rather, who controls you? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. If you always spitting up wickedness, that's cause the wicked ones controlling you. What, the Holy Ghost should control you out of the abundance of the heart. Is it a black heart or is it blood washed? Amen. That's up to you. You're going to have to answer that question. Yeah, the spiritual person walks in the spirit's behavior. But I'm going to say this. The spirit, the spiritual person, the spiritual brethren, chapter 1 of Galatians 6, he's talking ye which are spiritual. How do I know, preacher? Well, I've been spirit born. I believe in the spirit's book. I listen to the spirit's beseeching. I try to walk in the spirit's behavior but thank God I get to enjoy and experience the Spirit's blessings. Woo! Hey, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Do you look back there later? You must be spiritual before you can be Spirit-filled. Amen. Don't get the cart before the horse, friend. Try to be a spiritual person. You don't try to be. You just follow the formula that I've gave you. Amen. And you You will be Spirit-filled and walk in the Spirit, behaving like the Spirit, believing what the Spirit says in His book, and enjoying the spiritual blessings that comes from a spiritual birth. He's talking in chapter 6 of the book of Galatians, to ye which are spiritual. Hey, I'm talking to you in Landrum, independent Bible church, and whoever may listen to the podcast or the message on the radio. Hey, can I say this? that uh, hey, hey, I'm talking to you tonight uh, uh, that are spiritual. He's wrapping up the book uh, and he's got a last chapter that he's dealing with uh, and he's driving everything home. Uh, hey, and if we're going to see lived out in, in our lives what, what the Spirit of God has tried to put in our lives, then we need to check, first of all, what kind of person are we? I hope and pray. hey man, I'm talking to somebody who is spiritual. Oh, Listen to me. Spirituality, thank God, is something, hey man, that that will change our life to be a spirit-filled believer. Okay, I've tried to tell you what a what a spiritual person is. Now let me let me say this: uh, uh, that this spiritual person will do some things. Uh, if you're a spiritual person, hey man, we need your help. And what, preacher? And what the Bible says in Galatians 6, our text chapter, verse 1. Ye which are spiritual, restore. Hey, hey the spiritual people are to have a desire to see others restored back in the right fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That word there, heir, that means to wander from the flock. That means to have space between you and the shepherd. I wonder today, do you know somebody that's walked off that find themselves in a mess? Hey, ye which are spiritual, local church, Christians, families, ye which are spiritual, it's your job to see them restored. I preached some message one time in James 5 on how to catch astray. Hey, you gotta take a trip. You got they ain't gonna come to you, you gonna have to go to them. You're going to have to take a trip, uh, and then you're going to have to show some compassion. Uh, Amen. And then, uh, hey, man, you're going to have to point them to the shepherd. Amen. You're going to have to compel them uh, to come back in the fold of the sheep uh, and to draw nigh to the shepherd, uh, having compassion, making a difference in their life, uh, uh, making a trip, taking time uh, to go talk to them. You say, preacher, come on, believe that. Uh, Well, God gave us the example in Luke 15. 15. Hey, the Bible said that prodigal son came to himself. How in the devil do you think he came to himself in the hog pen, slapping the hogs? I'm going to tell you how he came to himself because somebody, hey man, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, had went after him to fetch him. Hey Amen. Thank God. Hey, somebody climbed through the rail for that old boy jumped the pail, jumped the rail and hit the trail. The Holy Ghost had got down in the mud hole with him him and let him come to himself. Uh, oh, can I tell you the way we as Christians as spirit-filled people, we which are spiritual, we, ha- we ought to do some things and we ought to see folks restored. But then notice this, the second part of that is uh, considering thyself. A- a- in other words this, uh, uh, they are we ought to be not only restoring uh, but there ought to be some restraining. Uh, restore others but restrain yourself considering thyself now I, I pray that that god would help me to get there in just a little bit i'll get there a little bit later but that word there, uh, considering thyself, what, what do you mean, preacher? I mean, considering yourself. Make sure to check yourself, pray, and seek God's face that you are not reclining in an atmosphere of laziness during this lockdown. Make sure you are not, not, hey, not just reclining in laziness, but declining in lasciviousness. That's what Jude warns. He warns that in the last days, people will take the grace of God and use it as a license to sin and a license to live any wicked, ungodly way they want to. And act like they still going to go to heaven. Oh, no, listen to me, friend. We're saved by grace through faith and not of yourself. Good works didn't get us. Saved. Hey, but I'm going to tell you what now that we are saved. Good works are evidence of what God's done on the inside of you. Amen. And the works shows up on the outside of you. Listen, I'm going to tell you, we need to consider, restrain ourselves, restrain ourselves, restore others, but restrain ourselves. And you say, preacher, what does it mean? Well, I'm talking about don't recline in laziness. Don't decline in lasciviousness. But can I say this? Don't recline. Designed to live, amen, in a let live and let live atmosphere. This Bible, amen, is black and white, friend. Hey, here, there is right and wrong. It's not okay to do anything. This Bible, it's not a book of situational ethics. And woe unto you if you think it is. Consider yourself. Consider yourself that you don't live according to the lust of the flesh or according to the lust of the eyes or according to the pride of life. It said in 2 Timothy 3 that it will be a testimony that we are living in the last days, when men have uh, what they call incontinent—that means without self-control. Uh, the, the word uh, incontinent. Uh, when we think about the elderly, uh, they ha- they lose the continence or the control uh, sometimes, uh, and they have to wear uh, uh, things that make sure uh, that they that they do not um, pee all over themselves uh, out in the public. They they wear large people diapers. And, and so the point is, babies wear little diapers. They have no control. And here's the sad thing. We've got Christians living like a bunch of babies, and they have no control over the flesh, and the flesh just runs all over them, and makes us a mess of their life, publicly and privately. And if we're going to do anything, friend, we better restrain ourselves. Hey, hey restore others, restrain yourself. Uh, but then I, I i love this Hey, but not only uh, do we uh, restore others, restrain ourselves. We ought to relieve others. What, what, what do you mean? Hey, like, well, chapter three says, for hey, <laughs> hey, and and listen, uh, hey, don't don't hate me because I'm the messenger, but I'm gonna tell you what we ought to do. We ought to relieve uh, one another's burdens. That's right. That's what the Bible says, and and verse two rather, bear ye one another's burdens, and. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, a spiritual man restores others. A spiritual man, woman, boy, they restrain themselves. And a spiritual person, thank God, relieves the burdens that other carry. So, preacher... Who is he talking to? Well, according to chapter 6 and verse number 1, this chapter is dealing with, he's trying to specifically point out and look up the spiritual crowd of the brethren, and he wants them, those spiritual men and women, to restore, to restrain, and amen, and to relieve. But then, not only do, do we see this word, uh, he uses that word, ye which are spiritual, but notice this word again, this word, restore. That word restore means, it means to lift up. It, it it gives the idea that, that if we are going to see the fruits of the gospel fulfilled in our church, in our lives, in our family, in our homes, uh, that we ought to be spiritual people. But we need to be strong people. Hey, you can't lift somebody up, friend, uh, if you don't have spiritual strength to do so. Uh, it is hard job to lift them up. Uh, not look that. But lift them up. The only time we need to be looking down at others is when we're desiring to lift them up. Hey, listen, think, think about this. Think about this word. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is. In Christ Jesus. Hey, if we're strong today, it's because we're strong in grace and because we're living in Christ. Hey, we need to be a spiritual person, but a spiritual person is a strong person. Oh my, to word restore, the first time it's used in the Bible so we can make sure we know what this word restore means. It does, it means to be strong enough to lift up or to, to pick up. But this word, restore, is first used in the Bible. Remember, when we're understanding the interpretation of the Bible, there, there's a principle of interpretation called the first mentioned principle. Go back to the first time. Use your strong concordance. When you're trying to figure out the truth about a subject, uh, go back to the first time that it is dealt with. And the first time that the word restore is used in your King James Bible, Bible is in as in Genesis twenty and verse seven, and, and God's told Pharaoh to restore Sarah back to Abraham, that he was a prophet, and that he would pray for Pharaoh. and that Pharaoh would be restored. Here's, Here's what the Lord said. He said there is a relationship that needs to be restored and I need you to do it for me, Pharaoh. Our job is to be an instrument of God Seeing others' relationships restored back to fellowship, Amen. Heaven with God and with other believers. It is our job to be strong enough to lift them up. This word there, restore, it it mean, it carries this idea. It means to return. It means to replace. It means to recover. From a disease, you remember when the Lord uh, touched that man with a leper uh, with a leprous hand, He restored it like He was a baby. Remember when the that old uh, that old Naaman? You remember when he went down there to see the man of God and told him to go wash in, in the river, and he come out washed, and and uh, that he was the leprosy, his skin was restored. Hey, it means to bring back to recover from disease, uh, uh, to repair. It means to revive our job is to see them recovered replaced back in their position at the church to see them return back into fellowship to see them repaired their relationships with each other in their lives to see them revived this word restore it carries another idea it means to recover as new. Amen. It means to renew, to reestablish. Here's what the word, here's the picture. Here, here's what it means. in it's foundational element. When you're in a, in a store and the shelves are empty, they are out of stock. But but somebody returns a bunch of things to customer service, and they are restored. They're put back in stock on the shelf. Hey, there's some people that ain't on the shelf right now. There's some people that it seems like have been drugged out. And, and praise God, it is our job as spiritual men and women. Children of God, amen, to restore, restrain, but to be strong enough to see them uh, renewed, uh, replaced, reestablished, amen. Thank God this word means to to be spiritual, to be strong. It means to have discipline. He uses this word, considering thyself. In other words, a strong man should be strong in self-discipline, considering thyself. what's there to consider preacher? that think this word means to survey, to compare and contrast. It means to mark the boundaries. In 1828 Noel Webster's dictionary, it means pondering on or viewing with care and attention. Then deliberating. That's what a jur- jury does. Takes all the facts and deliberates. Is the chair—is the jury come to a verdict? Ha- ha- they're deliberating. They're taking all the facts. They're comparing in contrast. Here's what I'm asking Hey, how long's it been since you've considered with care your life compared to the Bible? Oh, man, I'm telling you. God being our helper, we better listen to me today. We need to be spiritual, chapter six, verse one. We need to be strong, chapter six, verse one. That word restore. Oh, we need to be strong in discipline, considering ourselves. We need to be strong, Amen. how preacher in our mind, Philippians chapter two and verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm gonna feel, I feel convicted like we ought to pray. Hey Amen. Right now, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like in my heart, uh, there's none of us got this right here down pad. Uh, our, our mind sure ain't like. I just wonder if God took a little brief viewing of your brain right now. What are you thinking about right now while you hear me preach? Hey, hey God, help us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, now I don't know if you noticed that word, let this mind that means it's in your ability to do it so get at it and do it hey, it's your responsibility and you have the ability let this mind the only one keeping the mind Hey, my God, have mercy. The only one keeping you from having a better mind than you got is you, friend. Let this mind be in you, which was in, it. he wouldn't ask you to do something that you weren't able to do. And so we need to be disciplined. We need to consider ourselves. We need to be so we can be strong. So we consider ourselves. We discipline ourselves. We discipline, consider ourselves of our mind. Philippians 4 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things, amen are honest whatsoever, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are sure, whatsoever things are lovely. amen, whatsoever things are of good report. think on these things. Our mind is a spiritual battlefield. It is an emotional battlefield and it needs that we need to have the right weapons He meant to win this battle. second Corinthians 10 verse four through5 says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing into captivity every thought under the obedience of Christ. Do you remember in Genesis 6 that God said that every imagination and thought of man's heart was only evil continually? You know what that word evil there means? That's the word pornos. That's where we get our word pornography. Here's what I'm saying. Their mind was only evil. Uh, They was only on pornography and sin and flesh and wickedness, and it was so in with pornography and wickedness that God, that's one of the reasons God destroyed the whole world. God does care what you're thinking, believe it or not. It ain't alright just to think everything, let your thoughts run rampant in your mind. As long as I don't say it, preacher, it's alright to think it. I don't know where you got that from, that ain't in the Bible. Hey, God says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not an M16. I can't take a bazooka and blow that thought out of my mind. I can't take an M1 Abram. I I can't get in a punchy helicopter uh, to unleash all of its fire fury on my thought process. I wished I could. It'd be easy to take an M16 and blow those thoughts, but you can't do it, friend. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty. And As soon as those thoughts come in our mind, cast them down like a spider web that catches your head or a snake that falls out of the tree. Throw it down. Get rid of it. Hey, think on these things. What things, preacher? Good things, honest things, right things. God is interested in what we're thinking. I'm saying a spiritual person restores, restrains, and and relieves. A strong person, thank God, hey, sees them restored because they are disciplined in their mind. They are disciplined in their members. Oh, yes. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter number six, verse 12 through 13. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it. Don't obey sin. Don't let sin have its way. Don't, uh, why are you acting like sin controls you? He says, let not sin. That means it's in your power to not let it happen. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it and the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments unto sin. Don't blame. Don't blame. Don't blame mom and daddy. Don't blame this world, society. Hey Amen. Don't listen to Sigmund Freud and the Rogerian theory. They blame society. They blamed everybody else. Hey, the Bible blames you. It's the man in the mirror. Let not sin. That's in your power. Uh, neither yield. Don't yield your members as instruments unto sin, but Yield, hey, yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Hey, Ought to yield our members, our body, our life, our our tongue, our our ears, our eyes, our hands, our feet, hey Amen. Our, our pocketbooks, hey Amen. Our, our everything, hey Amen. Ought to be like those who are alive from the dead. Yield yourselves, your instruments unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness under God. You see, a strong man is disciplined in his mind. When they ought to have discipline. They ought to be strong in their mind. They are strong even in our members. A dis, a strong man has discipline. A strong man has determination. Look at chapter six and verse two. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. He has determination. We should dethrone self. Chapter six and verse three. If a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. I'm going to tell you right now, friend, you need to have a determination. Uh, Are you strong? Can you bear one another's burden? Can you restore them? Hey, you ought to have a determination. Thank God to bear them. You ought ought to have a a resolve. Thank God. You ought to have a resolve, friend, uh, uh, to be strong and to be disciplined. You ought to have a determination, friend, uh, uh, to bear one another's burden. And the only way you're going to be able to do that, the only way you're going to be able to do that is verse 3 of chapter 6. You're going to have to dethrone yourself. Deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow Him. Say no to self and yes to the Savior. Deny yourself. Let me just move on. Look at chapter 6 and verse number 4. You ought to dethrone yourself. You need to delight in the Scripture. In Galatians 6 verse 4, But let every man prove his own work, hey, "and, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Hey, Hey, praise God. God preacher, hey, we ought to dethrone ourselves. We ought to have a determination to dethrone self and delight in the scripture. What are you proving? What are you proving? You're proving it as authentic. Prove his own work. What are we proving? We're proving that it works, that we do, that the life we live is authentic. How, how, how in the world can we do that? How we prove it to be authentic? By laying our lives, our works, our fruits, amen, whether we're bearing, restoring, reviving, restraining, hey, disciplining, dethroning self, delighting in Scripture, we prove it as being authentic by laying it beside the standard. You can tell me all day that what you hold in your hands a real $5 bill, but I'm not going to believe it unless I see it laid right beside a real $5 bill that's been authenticated. I preached a message one time with the help of God on uh, how deceitful. It was an abomination. It was an abomination, according to Proverbs, to use wrong weights. You see, they always kept the standard weight. In other words, if we want to know uh, what uh, an impha was, Hey, the measuring standard. The measuring standard was held down at the tabernacle. And down there at the tabernacle, that was the standard. You could sometimes, people would sometimes lighten the weight or make the weight heavier depending on whether they were selling or buying. Whatever way made them the most profit, they're using diverse weights and measures. They weren't following the standard. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there is no standard that you need to match your life up by by, but Him—the only one. Hey, Jesus is the standard. Is your life authentic? Have you laid it beside the standard? Quit making excuses for your mouth to be filthy and your life to be wicked because you know somebody in church. We well, have so and so. Why don't you measure it by the standard? Hey, I, don't 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 give me this. Hey, it's authentic. that. No, prove it to. Me. Me. It said that let every man prove his own work, prove it as authentic, prove it as his own work. It's authorized, it's actual, it's not fake, it's not phony, it's real. And so thirdly, man that he's addressing chapter 6 to is not just the brethren but to the spiritual, the spiritual whom God is going to use to restore others. They need to restrain themselves. They need to relieve others' burdens. The strong people. Amen, who consider theirself and discipline themselves. They discipline their mind. They discipline their members of their body. These are strong. They have a determination. They have a determination that to live for God, they should, amen, dethrone self, and they need to delight in the Scriptures and realize that what's right is authenticated and authorized and actual because it matches the Scripture. But the stable man, amen, man, the spiritual man, the strong man, lastly the stable man is seen in Galatians six. We've seen the spiritual, ye which are spiritual, do the restoring. He uses this word restoring. That speaks of one that is strong. So we see a spiritual man is a strong also a strong man. Another word for this person, these people that he's talking to, they're spiritual, they're strong. Notice this word meekness. Notice this in Galatians 6.1 Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Now that word there, meekness, speaks of stability. Just think about this for just one minute. This is a biblical thought. 2 Timothy 2.15 says to study show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He's stable in what, preacher? Well, he's stable in a lot of things. We'll get to it in just a minute. Amen. But think about this stable man. What does it mean to be stable? It means uh, to be a man of meekness. I I don't understand why meekness applies to a stable man, preacher. Well, I'm glad you asked. This, This word meekness, according in the dictionary of Webster's 1828, here's what it means it does mean a softness of the temper, it does mean gentleness and goodness combined in the same person. But it also means here's where we get the thought of a spiritual man is who is chapter six is addressed to. Hey, man, a strong man is who chapter 6 is addressed to. But a stable man, a stable woman is who chapter 6 is addressed to. Here's where we get that thought. This word meekness also means a forbearance under injury and despite of provocation. It means an absolute submission to the divine will of God without murmuring, opposing pride and being submissive. Amen. And persistent and forbearing. Whoa! That word—that's stable. If I've ever heard it, that's a stable man. It don't matter what's thrown at him; they're the same. It don't matter who injures them; they're the same. Hey, man—they don't let their—they don't get a chip on their shoulder. They don't sit, get—they don't sit around do nothing, soak up all the bad attitudes and get sour on God. No, sir, they're not swelling up with pride. They're not like a puffer fish. Hey, man—nobody can't get around them without getting stuck in poison no sir they are submissive to the divine will and they're going to do what god wants them to do without murmuring and they're going to do it without injuring everybody else and in spite of everything that happens they're going to be stable they're going to continue in the spirit of stability which is the spirit of meekness preacher what do you have? stable stable steadfast meek they're stable in their doctrine this is what Titus 2 1 says. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Even our speech. Or to be sound doctrine. Look what Hebrews thirteen nine says: Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. He said, "Hey, the greatest stability. We need to be stable in doctrine." We need to be stable in our desire. Listen to what Romans 10 and verse 1 says. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Romans 16 says, So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach a gospel. Great God Almighty, for the preaching. Hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. First, the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Hey, we need to be stable in our desire. Do we have a desire? My Paul said this. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I wonder if you're stable in your doctrine. I wonder if you're stable in your desire. Do you have a consistent, persistent desire? Are you constantly meekly? Are you persistently, in spite of injury, amen, with a gentle and good attitude, with a submissive to the divine will of God, without murmuring, without worrying about opposition, uh, opposition, not letting pride get the best of you? Are you stable in your beliefs, in your doctrine? Are you blown around with ever-winded doctrine? Are you stable in your doctrine? Are you stable in your desire? Is it your desire to see somebody saved? Paul said, as much as him is... Oh, my, this is what he says in Galatians 6, 14. I I can't, I'll get to it next week. He said, God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. The world's dead to me. And I unto the world. It's as if the world's dead to me. And it's as if I'm dead to the world. Oh, my, he was stable in his desires. I'm going to close with this. Stable in our desire. What do you mean, preacher? Psalms 27, verse 4. The psalmist David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, all caps, that I will seek after. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. He said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. He, boy, he wouldn't change. That I may dwell In the house of the Lord, all camps, all the days of my life. Not just the house of the Lord here, but over yonder. To behold, why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. He said, there's one desire I have above all desires. That I can behold the beauty of the Lord. I can delight in his presence. That I can dwell in the house of the Lord. That I can inquire as temple. That word inquire means to be instructive in your listening. Oh, can I? Here's what I want to remind you today. He's talking in chapter six. He says, "Brethren," but he narrows it down. He said, "I'm talking to you, which are spiritual." They some people that have been overtaken in a fault, and you, which are spiritual. Ye which are strong, ye which are stable, ye which are spiritual, ye which are strong. I want y'all to be the ones that be strong enough to restore them. I want you to do it with the spirit of meekness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. He said, if you do this, you'll prove your own work. And Bible said in chapter 6 and verse 4, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. In other words, it's gonna just be him and God having camp meet. <laughs> Woo! Amen. It, that word rejoicing, y'all know what that means. Amen. It means to run around in circles, it means to jump up and down, it means to have yourself a religious fit. It means to feed yourself mad. It means to have your it means you and God's having a party. It's getting on. And you can do that if you will just allow yourself to be one of them. That God lets the fruits, the fruition, the, the evidence that the gospel has had its work in your individual life, that it is producing fruit in your family, and that it's producing fruit in in Amen the community through the local church. God tells us in chapter 6... Then I'm looking for some, it's like, it's almost like that little slogan, looking for a few good men. I think as the Marines used to have that. Hey, looking for a few good men and women, spiritual men and women, strong, spiritual, strong men and women, stable men and women. God help us the, to develop in our life the ability to bear one another's burdens. The ability to consider ourselves. The ability to have us a rejoicing. And not worry. I have to not worry about fulfilling the law of this world. But if we'll do so, we'll so fulfill the law of Christ. He is saying in chapter six, as I close out, getting ready for next Wednesday, for the second part of chapter six study. He said this. <laughs> I'm looking for a few good men and women to help bear one another's burdens. Here's what he's saying. Ye are your brother and sister's keeper. That's your duty. Father, we love you today, and we pray God that you would help us help us to be stable men and women, to be stable in our doctrine and stable in our desire. Help us, dear God, to be strong men and women, help us to be a, a, a strong a, a stable person is a strong person God would you help us to be strong in the grace which is in Christ, help us to be strong in the discipline of our mind and the discipline of our men, and be strong in our determination to dethrone ourselves and delight ourselves in the scripture and delight ourselves in the Savior and then we can delight our ourselves and sinners getting saved help us to be spiritual men and women to restore others lord to see them to take a trip to show compassion to point them and compel them to come back to the to the flock where the sheep are and to the shepherd help us lord to see others help us god to see them restored help us to see them relieved uh, relieved to bear their burdens to help them out to come up underneath to encourage them but oh god we're going if we do that we're going to have to restrain ourselves, considering ourselves. god would you help us today To be constant. Help us, Lord, to not just have a form of godliness. Lord, help us not to deny the power thereof, but walk in the power that we might be persistent in the faith and that we might please the one who saved us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask God that you mold us and fashion us, keep us in the center of your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.